Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equip to Be. Welcome to this edition of Equip to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers. We have been doing a parenting series on the podcast called Parenting Beyond the Rules, which is based off my book, Parenting Beyond the Rules, Raising Teens with Confidence and Joy. This is our final episode. For some of you, it'll be like, oh my goodness, thank goodness. And now I can tune back in. <laughs> For some of you, it might be sad because we have really been focusing on characteristics of parenting beyond the rules. People have often asked me, why did you get that title? Well, that actually wasn't the title that I started with. When I was nearing the end of my parenting season, I have five children. We have five and seven years. Three are married, and I have two grandbabies, a couple of angel babies. But I was getting near the end, and I was starting to decide, okay, now what am I going to do? It's not like I didn't do anything prior to having children or while I was raising children, but I was like, okay, Lord, what what do you want me to do? And he had said, uh, whispered, not, not out loud, but I just felt the stirring to write a book. And I thought that was a little humorous. And this is just me. Some people aspire to write books. They want to write and they want to write a lot. And I didn't. I was a communicator. I create I started organizations, I've run political campaigns, I have really been instrumental in shaping and forming the homeschool movement. It was not what it was today. At the time when I had started homeschooling, it wasn't necessarily safe. You often had to be careful, stay inside during the day because you didn't want to have an officer show up at your house that your kids were truant and then deal with all that mess. I mean, there was a lot of stories that I have never really shared much on the podcast about our homeschool days, but I wanted families to have the option to homeschool their kids. And that was important. I wasn't at the time saying, hey, homeschooling is the only way. I wanted it to be a method that parents could choose if it was right for their family. It was pretty simple. And I, I held that for a long time, probably 15 or so years. I chose to homeschool our kids because people said, why did you homeschool? I knew what we wanted in our family. I was running to a vision that we had for our family when our kids were really little. It did include homeschooling, but I had a vision for our family. I wanted our family to enjoy doing life together. That didn't mean we were glued at the hip, but it did mean we were going to do things together. We were going to learn how each other tick and not tick each other off. You know what I mean? There's a difference. So I chose homeschooling because that fit what we wanted as a family. It gave us freedom. We could do school when we wanted to do school. We could go at a pace that fit the ability of my kids' learning style or interest. But I've been involved in the homeschooling movement now for 32 years. I know that's a long time, isn't it? Every time I think I'm going to retire, God just says, no, you're going to hang with that. And now I see why. It's so exciting to see how homeschooling has changed. It used to be, 
<laughs> we had to create everything we wanted. So if we wanted to teach something, we had to go create it. Well, that has birthed scores of homeschool curriculum out there. And now the pendulum is totally opposite. So before the daunting task is we had to create it. You want to homeschool? Great. You create everything and pay for it. To now, there's so much out there. No, this is the right way. You've got to be outside learning. You've got to be unschooling. You've got to be hybrid schooling. You've got to be textbook teaching. You've got to be co-oping. You've got to be classical in your education. I mean, my goodness gracious. I think I'd have been so overwhelmed if there was that much to choose from. And I never felt called to create curriculum. I was called to build a movement that was legally sound and stable that had hope and promise, and that would fill the needs of millions and millions of families. That's what my assignment was. Well, as I thought my assignment was coming to an end, I asked the Lord, and he said to write. Now, prior to this, and I talked about this in the last episode, how I had been working, and my husband and I had been opening our home to kids our entire parenting journey, and it still is, actually. My adult kids will still host showers and parties at our home with their friends. We may or we may not be here. They always love it when we are, but you know we can't always be here. But they use our home because that's what our home was for, hospitality. Our home was for ministry. That's what we saw. That's what we wanted when our kids were little. That's what we have now that our children are all adults living their lives in their vocation and building their families. How did we get from A to Z? Well, we didn't go from A to Z, I'll tell you that. There was A, then B, then C, then D, then C, then D again, then E. Oh no, we got to go back to B. It's not linear. It's not a straight line. And that's what we're going to talk about in this edition of Equipped to B. This is the final segment. In order to get from A to Z with building your family, you got to have a plan. You have to have a vision. We talked about that, getting a vision for your family. Does that mean, I see a lot of great memes and sometimes I want to like them. Well, I probably do. Because I have a chapter in Parenting Beyond the Rules. You can go back and listen to that episode uh, when the vision gets blurry. You you can have a great vision. Oh man, it just looks great on paper. You can have a plan. You can be executing that plan. But the uncertainties of life, the difference in your children, The unexpected twists and turns can derail you. And if you're not careful, it can wreak chaos in your family. And I shared with you a little bit of our family, as many of you have wanted to know more about me. I wanted homeschooling to be an avenue that was accessible legally by families who chose to homeschool their kids. And that wasn't just me. There were many others that We joined forces across the United States, and now I'm excited to see it happening globally, where parents are saying, I think I can do this. We were running to something. We weren't running away from something. There's a big difference. If you're running away from something, it's usually out of fear, right? Which was the episode we did a couple segments back, squashing the fear. You can't parent effectively running away from something. You have to be running to it because that's where you get your confidence. You have a vision. You know where you're going. You may hit some muddy areas or you may have some severe obstacles to overcome, but at least you know where you're aiming. That's why I saved this for the last chapter of Parenting Beyond the Rules. Your children are created with unique gifts, strengths, and talents. Their personalities are all different. Some of them you like and some of them, eh, maybe not as much. Maybe they'll grow on you. 
<laughs> and the other is they have just amazing gifts and talents that you get to help them discover and unpack and explore. I am a master strengths coach. And the reason I decided to go that way is back in the day I, when I worked in corporate America, I was a spokesperson and I was fascinated by people. Remember I said, we wanted to know how our kids tick and not how to tick them off. You know, God says, you know, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. See, the only way you can do that is if you know how they tick. It's like a clock. How do the gears work? How do they think? How do they feel? How do they process the world around them? And they're all going to be different. I have five, five very different humans. Three of them are married to somebody very different from them. Your kids are often wondering as you're raising them, what am I good at? I don't have anything I'm good at. I'm not smart like my sister. Or I'm not gifted like my brother. I'm not athletic. I'm not musically inclined. I'm nothing. Well, that's the way some of your kids can feel at times for a season until you help them unearth the hidden beauty, the hidden gift, the strength, the passion, how all of that comes together. Sometimes it can come together and it can be discovered early on and sometimes not, sometimes not until they're done with high school. But throughout your kid's journey of growing up, they're constantly trying to discover who am I and what am I going to do with their life? And I'm going to tell you right now, if you've got older kids and they're listening to this program, and even if maybe even you, we all have to kind of come to that discovery of who am I? Where do I belong? What do I have to offer in the marketplace, in a relationship? In the book, I talk about two of my older kids, how one is an engineer who is very good at problem solving. Math and science just came naturally, a natural learner could read something, memorize something, and ace any exam. Just a natural learner is how God made this child. I have another child who's very artistic. I mean, extremely gifted as an artist. And you know, Pablo Picasso said, everyone is born an artist. The challenge is to keep them that way throughout their childhood. That always stayed with me. I've talked to you before about Children are expansionist. They look at the world full of what is, what if, and what's next. What's possible? You, on the other hand, are a reductionist. Why? Because you've learned that all those big, grand, wonderful ideas, yeah, well, about those, they don't always pan out. And some of you don't try because it's not going to work anyway. Don't dream a big dream. Don't dare to do something. Don't explore. Don't be adventurous. Oh my goodness. And for Pete's sake, don't be a risk taker. You could lose everything. That's the opposite of what our kids need. What happens when our kids are little? They're full of wonder. They can do anything, or at least they try until they fall and they fall off their bike or they fall out of the tree or they do the things and they realize, ah, that's a little painful. It's up to us to breathe that life of adventure, of discovery, of being the person God made them to be, of realizing some are going to grow up and they're going to become a doctor. We need those. Some are going to become an electrician or a plumber. They're going to be a contractor. They're going to be a mom. They're going to be a dad. They're going to be 
a world changer. They're going to be an innovator. Like my daughter, the artist. She sees more beauty in the world, and that's what she's phenomenally talented at, is helping, I would say, the ordinary, like me, see beauty that I would otherwise miss. I, always, I often say this when I'm speaking. I can take a picture with my same phone that she has, and it's a picture of a leaf, right? There's a, a leaf with a water drop on it. My picture looks like a leaf with a drop of water. She can take a picture of a leaf, and it's art. And if you look at them side by side, you will immediately know mine was a juvenile photo and hers was the professional. You've got differences in your kids. You have those children that you're already starting to see. This is the child that lines up all his cars in a row when he's playing. This is the child that has got a heart to immediately say, can I help? You need help with that? Or you have a child who's saying, why don't you go get the broom or the sweeper? I'll dust. I'll pick up the toys. I'll clean up the Legos. I'll do whatever. Just tell me what you need to do. You've got the children who are really good at delegating and telling everybody else what to do. The job gets done. They're just having everybody else do it. And you're probably laughing because you're thinking, yeah, I got a kid like that. I know I did too. The key though, as we start to wrap this whole parenting series up is you want to get to the finish line with your relationships intact, close, with trust and respect. Your kids know you are their greatest cheerleader. They know that if they tell you something in confidence, you're going to keep it in confidence. You're not going to share it with the church group. You're not going to tell your friend about it. You're going to keep it a confidence. You're not going to tell the siblings so that, you know, you're just kind of letting them fill them in. No, they trust you. And if you have broken that trust, you can repair it. They respect you because you live what you say. You don't live one way and talk another. As we think about helping our kids discover who they are, where they fit in the world, when we think about how they are uniquely created, like I said, we knew what we wanted in our family. We wanted a family that was going to do life together. In order for that to happen, we had to know each other well. And we had to celebrate that we were all different. And then we had to learn how to get along with each other. I shared with you the story about us homeschooling because when you homeschool, you're around each other a lot. You're doing things together. You're not just having summer breaks. You're around each other all the time. Now, if your kids are in school, you have a different challenge. And that is you have a different, unique set of circumstances that cause you to have to work to have and forge those relationships in the time that you do have. It's just different. But the goals aren't. We want our kids to learn how they're hardwired, that one isn't better than the other, that we value. And don't we need that right now? I mean, honestly, we're not canceling anybody in our family. You screw up, we still love you. We're still there for you. We're still going to reach out to you. We're still going to love you. You win an award or you land a huge job or you have a financial windfall, great. We're going to celebrate you. We're going to be with you. We're going to cheer you on. We're going to support you. Why? Because we're doing life together. Because if you are doing what God has called you to do, we're going to celebrate with you. And if something happens called life, we're going to be there with you. So how do you do that? How do you start to help your kids discover who they are and what, what they're going to be good at and what they can do? How does this all work? Well, there's a difference between personality and character. I talk a lot about that in Parenting Beyond the Rules. Character is what is shaped over time. We don't lie. We don't steal. We don't hurt others. 
We don't cheat. Character is formed over time, repetition, conversation, lots and lots and lots of practice. Reminders. Personality is how God has hardwired you. Some of your kids are, by nature, they're just peacemakers. They're not going to argue. They'll walk away. They're not going to argue. They want peace. They want harmony. Some of yours are achievers. They want to achieve. They want to be first. They want to win. They're going to compete. They're going to be constantly striving for the next thing that they need to accomplish, whether that's another A or that's another award or whatever it looks like. Some of yours are going to be what I call influencers. They're going to be the ones that have never met a stranger. They're the ones who can win over other people. They can persuade them through their conversation and through their mannerisms and through the way that they present information that makes other people gravitate toward them and want to emulate or follow. And some of your kids are really good at tasks. They're what I would call your administrators, your executives. They're great at coming up with a plan and getting people to buy into that plan. See, when we talk about the difference between character and personalities, one is shaped, the other is present from birth. If you start paying attention, you'll notice those characteristics, those personality, those strengths that they have. The child who's quick to run to somebody's side when there is an accident to give them comfort, to maybe help them up, or they see somebody struggling and they're discouraged and somebody is there to help them. When we understand how our children are made, we can facilitate this loving environment, this nurturing home, and provide the greatest opportunity for our children to have relational success with you guys, with their siblings, with their parents, with their neighbors, in their community, in their marketplace, in college. When we do this, we're actually helping prepare our kids to transition into adulthood without a lot of drama, without a lot of fanfare. It also helps our kids not to feel inferior to others because they can then celebrate the differences that their siblings have. And they accept theirs. They accept their limitations. And I don't ascribe that anybody can be and do anything. If you can't sing, you're probably not going to be a popular singer. If you can't act, you probably aren't going to be an acclaimed actress. If you struggle with managing your money or balancing a budget, you're not likely to be a chief financial officer. So you want to set our children up to succeed at that which they're good at, that which they are gifted at. A strength is only a strength when talent and skill are added to it. A strength is only a strength when knowledge and skill are added. We improve that talent, and that talent then becomes the strength that makes our kids soar, they have to add knowledge. They have to learn. They have to get better. They have to practice. They have to have skills. They have to know which skills they need to add to what it is that they're doing. How do we do this? Like, how do we practically do this? Well, when you hear or see your children doing something, particularly, whether that's character or a temperament or their personality, again, something that's developed over time, character, or something that's hardwired in them, aka personality, temperament. Now, you can be extremely good at something, but if you have no interest in it, you're never going to put in the time and energy to develop that talent that's natural, that's God-born, into a strength. When you see your children doing something, point out to them. 
what exactly you see. Be specific with them. Oh, I noticed how you were really focusing on the details of this. That's really good. And then don't go to the other sibling and say, well, why don't you be like your brother who's really focused on details? No, no, no. Notice what is good and right with the child that you've seen something in. Point it out. What is good and right about them? And tell them. Make sure you tell them. So how do we do that? Well, look for the child who's constantly sharing their toys. Maybe the child who loves reading. They just, they can get carried away. Maybe you notice a child who's constantly asking why questions. Maybe you have a child who always argues a point or has to be right or gets angry when they make a mistake. They get angry at themselves or they're willing to give in to avoid conflict or they try to calm other people down or they get so focused doing what they're doing, they lose all track of time or the minute something comes in their mind, it comes right out their mouth. Or maybe they're afraid to try new things by themselves. They want somebody there with them. Or maybe they're the one that always makes people laugh. Or maybe the ones who gets frustrated when things don't go as planned because the outing you were planning got rained out and they really go into a meltdown. Or maybe they're very critical of others and they criticize them. Or maybe you have a child who disappears when working is happening. Or maybe you have a child who can't quit until the project's complete. When you start getting serious about paying attention to those little things, you're able to start to see the picture unfold before you of the person that God has created. And that gives you an opportunity to come alongside them. So you want to always be having them realize that we are for you. We are there for you, but we are for you. And there's some assessments that we can give. And make sure you go over to the show notes and we'll put those in the show notes like we have with all of them. And if you don't have a copy of the book, obviously I can't go into as much detail as I would love because the constraints of time and even in the book, the constraints of just trying to fit everything in a chapter can be difficult. But there are tools and assessments that you can use. Uh, One is the Strengths Explore. If you have a middle schooler, that's through the Gallup organization. There's the five love languages. If you haven't read that book by Dr. Gary Chapman, I encourage you to do that. That was a game changer. It helped me understand why some of my children were so clingy, why they constantly had to have me with them. I understood. And why some of my kids just really needed me to constantly tell them they're doing a good job. I needed to catch them doing something right and then tell them when I did. If you have older children or even for yourself, you can do the Myers-Briggs assessment. There's so many assessments available to you that I strongly encourage you to kind of create a notebook on each of your kids where you are writing those things down, the uniqueness of that child, the things that I shared with you. When your children start to see that you're noticing things about them, they don't even see. How many times have you done something and you're just doing it out of habit, identifying a strength in our child, a personality trait in our child, What it really means is this is something your child does just natural. It's top of mind. They can do it near perfect, consistent time and time and time again. It's just like second nature. And there are others that you think you're parenting the same way. You can tell them the same thing and it just never clicks because they're not wired that way. Do you have kids like that that you can't quite figure out? You're struggling to understand how they are uniquely designed? Yeah, you know the character stuff. 
right? We want our kids to be people of integrity, full of character, but it's the helping them understand who they are and why God made them. That can be the struggle part. But when we realize that God says that they are all, all of us are uniquely created, there's no model, there's no replicate. There are certain things that we have in common, but sharing the same DNA, having the same last name, being from the same family, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to have the same results. So as I kind of wrap this segment up and I remind you that raising your kids, your kids need rules, limits, and boundaries. That's very important. As your children grow and change, you've got to adjust. And the way that you bring your children along is by understanding they are uniquely created. It's not one and done. It's something we teach over the course of time, day in, day out, when really nobody's looking. It's letting them know that you see the uniqueness of them. And that's something to be celebrated. Because oftentimes, all we hear is the negative parts of it, because there are some negative, right? After all, we are humans and we're all living together and it can be messy. But as I've said in many of the episodes that we have done with Parenting Beyond the Rules, in this series, I've wanted you to realize that there's freedom in the pivot, that as you learn something, you can adjust and change because you're on a journey of discovery with your child, all of them. And it's not going to quit because even when they grow up and they move out, they're going to grow and change and you're going to have to pivot again. And that's not a bad thing. It keeps us on our toes and on our knees. And it keeps us asking the Lord, help me to love the children that I have well. Help me to understand them. Help me to appreciate them. Help me to affirm them. Help me to be able to help them see that they are uniquely created. It's not an accident. They're right where they need to be within our family. Give me the wisdom that I need and the discernment that I need to be able to point them in the direction they should go. For when they are old, they won't depart from it. So when they are 18 or 19 or 20, they don't turn around and say, well, thanks for the childhood, but as for everything you taught me, yeah, not buying it. That can happen. I know that that can happen. It doesn't have to. There's freedom in the pivot. As our kids grow and change, we adjust. We're building a family that's going to enjoy the test of time, the highs and the lows, the goods and the bads, the painful and the joyful. We're celebrate with those who celebrate, and we're going to mourn with those who mourn, and our kids are going to know it. Your goal is to help them know who they are and help them become the person God made them to be. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Equipped to Be. I hope it has been a blessing this series to you. If you have any comments or feedback, make sure you share them with us over at contact at connieoppers.com. We want to hear how this has maybe taught you something, or if you have questions, let us know. We would love to address the questions that you have. We appreciate you, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member, and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.